You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Interesting show for you today. We're going to go over some Bachelorette stuff. We're going to go over some of the stories that I covered the last couple days. Could have some updates on them. And I am going to address, finally, the Bachelor Party podcast from last week. And it won't be pretty. So we'll get to that momentarily. Don't forget, this podcast brought to you by Dame Products. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share plus sex that you will look forward to. Use code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. Go there now. All bunch of sex toy goodies for you there. Promo code REALITYSTEVE gets you 15% off your first order. All right, let's get going with a couple things that I have some updates on. The first one being The Bachelorette has released their television schedule for the rest of the season, something we've all been waiting for, and it's finally out there. And there are going to be some changes as we knew Monday Night Football was going to play a role, and it absolutely has. Okay, so next week, Episode 7, Hometowns, on the August 22nd. The week after that is the Men Tell All, Monday, August 29th. We knew that. But the rest of the season has been filled in, and it gets a little tricky. Monday, the following Monday, September 5th, Labor Day, is going to be a Fantasy Suites episode. And then the following Tuesday, the 13th, as we know, because Monday Night Football on ABC on Monday the 12th, they can't obviously have a Bachelorette episode. So on Tuesday the 13th will be the, I guess, second part of the Fantasy Suites. Then the following Tuesday, September 20th, is the finale two-hour finale, and then a one-hour after the final row special. And it's Tuesday the 20th because, once again, the first two weeks of the NFL season, like I brought up last week, are Monday Night Football games are on ABC. They are they, they have one in week one, and they have one in week two, and then not another one until later on in the season. But that's why your final two episodes of the season, Tuesday, September 13th, which is the second part of the Fantasy Suites, and Tuesday, September 20th, is your finale along with the after the final row special. So we finally have our schedule for The Bachelorette. How about that? Yesterday I mentioned that I got a video over the weekend. I got it on Saturday, and it was just a 20-second video of someone saw someone that was at Disneyland saw Nate at Disneyland uh, taking the tour with his daughter where you get a tour guide. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the VIP tour at Disneyland. As I said yesterday, it is, it is a very um, – it's a pretty big deal to get the VIP tour and it's a lot of money and you're wondering, well, how much money can it be? A few hundred bucks? No, thousands of dollars. And clearly Nate didn't pay for this. This was taken care of by the show. Just to give you an idea, the Disney VIP tour, when I went online and looked, if you just go on Disney and do a search, you can find this Disney VIP tours are $450 to $850 an hour, depending on the time of day that you book it. However, you have to have a seven-hour minimum. So at shortest, it's a $4,000 day. Um, that he, They went on a Friday afternoon. That's when I saw the video, the, or the video was taken on Friday afternoon. So I'm guessing that's probably a peak hour. So you're probably closer to the eight fifty an hour. And if he was there only seven hours, that'd be, what, uh, $800 an hour at seven, at seven hours is uh, $5,600. And then fifty bucks, seven hours is another three fifty. Yeah, so you're looking at six thousand dollars. 
if it was 850 for seven hours. We don't know how many hours he was there. The point being, as I mentioned yesterday, it's a big deal when somebody gets the VIP tour from the show. Like I said, I've got I've got four things that I think really point to Nate as someone that's going to probably be the next bachelor. I'm not basing it on anything that's been told to me. I haven't been told anything in regards to the next bachelor, but the edit that he got, the edit that he's going to get on the men tell all, the fact that Fleiss went Twitter crazy last week defending Nate and the fact that they got this Disney tour with him and his daughter, I all signs point to him. And like I said, I just I don't know if Nate's going to do the podcast circuit because, put it this way, if he doesn't do the podcast circuit, that's yet another feather in the cap of Nate's going to be the bachelor because they're going to keep him away from all that stuff. They don't want him constantly addressing it after the men tell all the stories about Kelsey and Lurie. So if he does do it, again, podcast, all I'm looking for is specifics. If you if you just let him control the interview and you said, Nate, what's your response to what these women said about you? He's going to play dance around it, not give a, uh, a specific answer. And if his answer is, you know, protecting my daughter and I had a messy divorce, that's not answering the question. That's all we're saying. Just answer the question. Why couldn't you tell somebody in a year and a half? And he's probably never going to address that. I don't know why. Seems like a pretty simple question to answer, but sounds like it's not going to happen. But You'll hear in my podcast tomorrow, my Thursday podcast with EW.com TV critic Kristen Baldwin. We talk about Nate for the first 15 minutes, and ultimately, none of it really matters. The show doesn't care about the Lurie and Kelsey story. They really don't, or else they would have. If they cared, they wouldn't. Um, he wouldn't be in consideration. So, But the story wasn't put out, so they would deny him possibly being The Bachelor. They've gone to his defense. It's clear that he's a front runner, if not the guy that they want for the role. So it's just interesting to to see it. And you know, you know, clear they've had bachelors that, um, at the very least, anything with Nate involving the women, Kelsey and Larie, it's just shady behavior, sucky behavior, being a bad boyfriend, being an f boy. It's not like they haven't cast an f boy before. Peter was their bachelor. He was clearly a horn dog. Hell, he was a horn dog during their season and after. Like we've heard the stories of what Peter, the amount of women from the franchise and not from the franchise that Peter was with post filming. So it's like okay, it, it, that's just basically the same behavior that Nate show. They're f boys. Just I don't think, and I and I don't think that the women who are going to be cast for next season, once they do find out it's Nate, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, I'm dropping out. I'm done. Not going to happen. They don't care. Because most of them aren't going on to be like, oh, I want to be, you know, Nate's wife. There'll be a couple that probably are really into him, but we know this is a television show. They're just casting for a television show. And most of the women don't care because they're looking at opportunities post-show. We all know the ulterior motives of these people finding your spouse on this show is like 10th on the most important list when you agree to be a part of this show real quickly big brother tonight don't want to know who won power of veto and what they did but we know we're going to see that tonight i think taylor's looking strong terrence isn't going to win this game he's probably going to go home this week i would think barring anything crazy happening at power of veto that's why she put him up Unless people would just want to carry him to the end in hopes that they know he's not going to get any votes. 
he's not long for this game. I, I don't think Jasmine is long for this game. I don't think Indy is long for this game. They might be the next three that, to go unless one of them ends up winning uh, ahead of household. But that's going to air tonight. We'll be talking about that uh, a little bit more tomorrow. So I do want to dive into the Bachelor Party podcast with Juliet Littman and Emma Gray from last week. And for those who are unfamiliar, uh, we've got about 12 to 14 minutes here. And I'm going to keep looking at the clock to try and keep this precise. But there's a lot to go over here. And I've just the reason why I finally decided to do this was because Emma Gray, who was a guest on the Bachelor Party podcast, it's hosted by Juliet Littman. Emma has her own podcast with Claire Fallon, two women that have been on my podcast, I believe, two or three times in the past. They haven't been on in a while. Their PR person asked for them to come on. I said, yeah, I'd love to, but I don't think they want to. And then the PR person went back to them, and I haven't heard from the PR person since. So they already have questions about dealing with me, I guess. I don't know. I just know that their PR person reached out to me asking them, asking me if I wanted them on the pod, and I said yes. And I said, but are you sure? Because I had heard things that Emma and Claire weren't big fans of me after everything went down last year. And then they were like, oh, let us let me check. And I haven't heard from them. So I guess I got my answer. Anyway, the reason of the, the so let's just get started. I, I have the quotes. This is going to be kind of Dave Nealish, except I don't give the um, actual audio clips. I'm just going to read the quotes because I had to write them down. This is the way I roll. Dave does it with audio, which is great. I'm just going to take some of the quotes that I just thought were absolutely ridiculous. So. Within the first three minutes of the podcast, host Juliet Letman said that I had been teasing I had dirt on one of the contestants. And she said, quote, and she did it in like my voice. She said, this is what Reality Steve said. I told you I wasn't going to do this anymore. I said I was going to back off, but I felt like people just had to know this. And the way she, end quote, and the way she said it was very condescending and it was making it seem like I was on the brink of exploding if I didn't release this, which couldn't have been further from the truth. You show you, I laid out exactly how this story went. I literally did nothing about it for three months, and I didn't even believe it when I got it and didn't touch it for three months. It's just, again, but you got to understand something. That's the first thing that she led with because that happened in the two-minute mark of her podcast. The first one minute and 49 seconds of their podcast is ads. So this happened one minute and 15 seconds into them beginning talking on their podcast, she's already throwing out a lie. I was not, she made it seem like this is what I do. And again, she clearly hasn't read anything I've done. Does Juliet Littman realize I have not posted a negative story about a contestant in over a year? I said, I've been out of that business. I'm not doing it anymore. Like she said in that quote, but she's making it seem like I had to do this one. No, I only do stories like this. If people put their name to it, she conveniently left that part out. And you know why she probably left that part out? Because she doesn't even know I said that because she doesn't listen to a damn thing that I say. So immediately, three minutes into their podcast, we're going off a false pretense that she's already got it in for me that I'm only doing this story because I just felt like I had to take somebody down and people had to know this. No, Juliet, I did the story because these women put their name behind it and gave me receipts and proof, something I said over a year ago I was going to do, and I've stuck by it. Then Emma chimes in and says that because the way I spoke about it, that she said that Steve basically made it seem like if they make Nate the Bachelor, 
he's going to crusade against this man every moment he's on screen, end quote. I'm going to crusade against, he's going to crusade against this man every moment he's on screen, end quote. Emma, if you listened to the podcast last week, I was literally laughing out loud when I said that. I was like, put him, make him the bachelor. If anything, and I've said it in the last couple days as well, if anything, if Nate is the bachelor, one, I don't care. All I care about is that there is a bachelor season. And two, the only thing it's going to change for me is I'm going to have some extra jokes about Lurie and Kelsey in there when I recap his show, when he's on dates with numerous women. And I'm going to be making jokes about who gets the 1-800-Flowers date this season. Just stuff like that, that I don't care if they make him The Bachelor. It's not that big of a deal. But Emma's like made it seem like I'm going to crusade against him. No, I'm not. I'm going to be snarky and being a, and be a sarcastic asshole like I've always been when I cover this show. That's what I do. One thing I want to point out in regards to Juliet and that first quote about what she was saying, like, oh, I told Steve reality. Steve said, I told you I wasn't going to do this anymore. We're going to back off. But I felt like people just had to know this. That is such an, you know, just them picking that out and, and just saying that that's the way I was going about this. Um, first off is an opinion that was flat out wrong, because as I just explained, but here, here's the interesting thing. Pretty much every single sports podcast I come that I listen to is on the ringer who Juliet works for, mostly by her boss, Bill Simmons. I listen to him with Ryan Rosillo every Sunday night during basketball season. I listen to him and, and Cousin Sal. I listen to Fairway Rollin'. I listen to the amount of Ringer podcasts. I listen to a lot of the rewatchables, if it's movies that I like. And Juliet's boss, Bill Simmons, is absolutely 100% known for being a guy that says, I can't stand the aggregators because he hates it when people listen to a podcast and take one quote of that podcast and then turn it into a sports story with zero context behind it. And Juliet, I know you're very well aware of the Jalen Green story with Bill. Bill, I was listening to the podcast that day. Bill, who is a voter for NBA all-rookie teams and first team and second team, said, I'm not voting for Jalen Green. The team won 20 games or whatever it was, 23. I'm not voting for him. And he said, fuck Jalen Green. I'm not voting for him. His team didn't win. And then that got aggregated. Just Bill Simmons says, fuck Jalen Green, and it makes it to the media sites. All the morning shows are talking about it. NBA players are coming out and saying, this is why guys like him shouldn't have a vote, when all it was was a joke. Bill ended up having Jalen Green on the podcast after that. They were totally cool. So for somebody who works for a guy who's all about aggregating, literally that's what Juliet did, was aggregate my podcast and just take headlines and take little snippets of things with zero context behind them. And that's disappointing. Something that Claire got into as well um, in, I mean, sorry, Emma got into, she said this quote, quote, in my reporting with Claire at Huffington Post, we frankly have done months long investigations on rape allegations involving men from this show that received less attention than this. What are we treating and what level of importance? And I think that's really hard to negotiate with, end quote. That came from Emma. And what Emma is talking about is the easy story. The easy story that first came to me and Ashley Spivey. You guys all know about it. I talked about it during Tasha's season. Somebody came to us who said, I was raped by easy 10 years ago. And here's the story. And it was very heavy. It was very like, I don't know what to do with this. We spoke to her, we believed her story, but we said, we think you would be in better hands 
with Emma and Claire running that story. And we put Emma and Claire in touch with this woman. They did a whole background of it. They did an excellent piece on it. That's on the Huffington Post. Just Google easy Huffington Post. You'll find it. It was from during Tasha's season. But why is Emma bringing this up now? Like she's basically saying, we did a story about a rape story, yet this is getting a bunch of attention. They mentioned the fact that Us Weekly picked it up. They mentioned the fact that the New York Post had it. They mentioned the fact that it went international. I'm sorry, how is that my fault? I reported a story. It's not my fault that other places wanted to pick it up. And frankly, that just reeks of jealousy. And it's not like I put out this story saying, man, I hope this story gets more reads than the easy story that Emma and Claire did for Huffington Post. Because why else would she say, we've done stories about rape allegations and people are talking about this? What's the level of importance? It just sounds like she's bummed. And you know what? I agree with her. I told her that when I texted her back. Their reporting on Easy was excellent. The story was excellent. And frankly, does do a lot of people really remember it or talk about it? How long did the Easy story stay in the news? Two or three days? Hell, Tasha was defending the guy on podcasts. So I don't understand how that's my fault that this story got out there. And I guess maybe their point is, well, you shouldn't have put it out there in the first place. It's like, look, again, we're just we're going in a circle here. But that's reeked of jealousy to me. And it reeked of we had a great story that we did great reporting on and barely anybody talked about it. Reality Steve's throw out a story about a guy who had two girlfriends at one time a year ago and everyone's covering it. You can't. Why is that my fault? Honestly. Also in the podcast, they said, is Reality Steve the right vessel for information like this? Is he the right person to go to to share a story like this? Again, I guess I was because... Kelsey and Lurie felt like they could come to me with this. So I guess I was. What? what? Head scratching. And then they brought in two points that I'm pissed off at. Steve tried to paint Nate as a bad father by the fact that he didn't tell Kelsey about his daughter. And on the flip side, Nate clearly was not invested in the relationship like Kelsey was by not bringing his daughter into this. That was a quote by Juliet. Steve tried to paint Nate as a bad father by the fact he didn't tell Kelsey about his daughter. Find me anywhere in the podcast or the written word where I said that. I never talked about Nate's parenting skills, ever. All I said was, it's just such a head scratcher. Why can't you mention you have a daughter to somebody you've been dating for a year and a half, but you had no problem mentioning it to somebody you met on Hinge that lived in another state in the first month that you were talking to her? That's all I was asking. And here's the thing. You listen to that podcast, both Juliet and Emma say on numerous occasions, do I think it's bizarre to not tell your girlfriend a year and a half that you have a daughter? Yes. Good. Boom. Stop right there. Because that's the only question I had. That was what I was asking. I didn't have questions about the two-timing because he clearly did it. I was just saying, why couldn't he tell this woman he had a daughter? It didn't make any sense to me. Then they took it in. I was trying to paint Nate as an absentee father. We don't, you know, they said they didn't know any, anything about the aspect of his relationship. Well, actually, Lurie did share it in one of her text messages. She relayed the custody situation. But saying that I tried to paint Nate as a bad father and an absentee father is total bullshit. And I can't believe that came out of their mouths. 
Are they going to apologize? Are they going to take it back? Are they going to say, you know what? We, we went to a really deep conclusion based on nothing. We apologize. No, they're not going to. But I think it's bullshit. And then the final point that I want to say. They said that somebody else, don't even know who it was, um, brought up a point that look at Steve's history with people of color from this franchise, and they threw out three names, Nate, Tasha, and Matt James. Well, if you did any homework, those happened to be three people that I did bring stuff up against and did tell a story. However, in those three particular instances, I actually did not do anything like myself. Do you not remember those stories? Of course you don't, because you didn't follow anything that I did. It's just like, oh, Steve's talking shit about Tasia. Oh, Steve's talking shit about Matt James. No, what I did was I had other people come on and discuss their situation with those people. Nate, Kelsey and Larray, Tasha had her ex-husband on the podcast. Whether you liked him or not, he was the one that came on and talked about his relationship with her. Matt James, who did I bring on? Grace, down in South Florida, the girl that he was hitting on before he knew Rachel was coming to visit him in New York two days later. So in those three instances where they say, I have a problem with people of color, I actually did let other people tell that story that were involved. The one thing that you guys all want, which is, hey, we want some proof, we want some evidence. Well, how about the guy that was married to Tasha for three years? You might not, not like what he said, but... It's not like I said, hey, I spoke to Tasha's ex-husband. Here's what he said. And I just rambled off and went off on Tasha. Not what happened. He spoke. Matt James, same thing. Here, here's Grace. She came to me, said, this is what Matt did. I want to speak. She asked me, can I come on your live? We went over that. And then with Nate, you have Tasha. I mean, you have um, Kelsey and Laurie. So, to just pinpoint it at that, it's just like, okay, yeah, there those three are people of color that I had stories against. One, those stories were told by other people. And two, what are we keeping a running tally here? If I go after somebody black versus somebody white, how about when I went after Ari? How about when I went after Jenna? How about when I went after other people in the franchise? Pretty much way more white people I've had stories against than, I, than not have been white. So... If we're keeping a tally, I'm sorry, the white contestants have been killed by me and I've done more bad reporting or negative reporting on white contestants in this franchise than black. I'm sorry, that's just the fa- that's just factually correct. And the three people of color that you mentioned specifically in your podcast, those were actually three where I actually had other people talk about their experience with them. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going off of stuff that was told to me, which I did in the Ari situation, in the Jenna situation, in the Victoria Fuller situation. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. That 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 basically broke down every single point that I kept saying over the last couple of days. I was like, I'm just so disappointed. This is irresponsible. It's ignorant. It's reckless. And it's uninformed. It was all those things. So... I'm sorry to the Bachelor Party Podcast. Not a fan. Don't care about those people anymore. I don't care if they ever contact me. If they ask me to come on their show, I'd only come on the show if they're, calling, and they're, if they're putting me on to apologize. I don't want to go on there and debate them. 
I just gave you my rebuttal to everything they said. I don't need to go on their podcast if they were to ever contact me. And they won't. They certainly won't. So here, there's my rebuttal. And um, went over a little bit of 20 minutes today. But, hey, I had a lot to get there. I had a lot to uh, I had a lot to cover. There were some other small things that I'm just like, I, we're already at 25 minutes, so I'll cut that short. You get the point. I read you what they said on their podcast, and it's pretty obvious they did no homework and they haven't followed anything, and they and they drew conclusions because they already had a negative narrative in their head about me, and they wanted to just continue it. And it's just, look, I'm going to say this now, and I said it in the reader emails today. If you're going to say, when it comes to Reality Steve, isn't he the guy that ruined Jenna Cooper's life? I think that is very short-sighted, because... If you want to say that, and I'm not saying you can't say that because I wrote a piece and for a year I had people believing she had a sugar daddy. But if you just stop there, I think that shows you have a narrative that you want to push because how come ever since then, (laughs) ever since that Jenna story, how come when people say on the Jenna story, um, you know, how come after I can't believe he did that to Jenna? It isn't followed up with, yes, but he admitted his mistake. He took full responsibility for it. He had her on the podcast for two hours to talk it out. He deleted everything about the story and publicly and privately apologized to her. It seems like some people just want to stick to an old narrative. But in that case, to leave that second part out and just stick to, oh, he's the guy that wrote that hack piece on Jenna. It just sounds like you're trying to be a troll. It's like people can't or they won't or they're just afraid to say, wow, He learned his lesson and he doesn't do that anymore. Is that so hard? And again, with this Nate story, this is the first negative story I've shared on my site in 15 months on anyone in the franchise. And I easily could have done more considering how much stuff has been told to me on other contestants. I could have done it recklessly with no evidence, no receipts, and just said, hey, this is what I'm hearing. And then that would have stuck to that contestant, you know, like the Instagram and TikTok accounts do. They do it all the time. It's like people are taking 2010 and 2018 reality Steve and saying that's what's happening now and he's still the same. I'm sorry, but that's flat out incorrect. My track record proves that. Find me one negative story I've posted in the last 15 months on any contestant. Hasn't happened, nor will it, unless people are willing to put their names behind it and show proof. That's all I got to say. I appreciate everybody listening. I'm sorry this went a little bit long, but I wanted to get everything out there. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Big Brother tonight. We'll have definitely stuff to talk about tomorrow with that and the challenge. Until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Team Brother!